He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the final 2020 edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell and Taylor Williams with you. Make sure you find us online, the73thholehole.com. Look for us on social media, 73rd Hole, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's been a great 2020. Uh, when Taylor and I started this podcast, we had no idea that the world of golf uh, the world in general would go through everything that we've gone through. Golf, I think, did a remarkable job, probably better than any other sport, I would say, at handling it. Golf lends itself to being able to handle something like this because you can social distance in the game of golf. You're outside. You can be safe and still play the game of golf. Uh, and we're all we're all happy for that because we had a great golf season in what looked like it could have been a, a whole year without golf. Taylor, we ended up getting three of the four majors played, had three great, exciting majors with three great storylines coming out of them. We got to see Tiger and Charlie last week, which was an absolute blast. So uh, all in all, we missed the Open Championship this year. We missed the Olympics. We missed the Ryder Cup. Uh, those things all come back next year. So all in all, you know, when, when you take everything into account, I think 2020 can be chalked up as nothing but a success for the game of golf. Yeah, you, you have to look at it from the standpoint, like I said, when we were back in, in March or whenever it was when this uh, pandemic affected the world, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know when sports were going to get played again. I remember you know, the first kind of big sports headline for us besides um, soccer getting canceled in, in Europe was the OKC Thunder Jazz game. And at that point, we had no idea what was going to happen. The only thing we knew at that point was there's no more sports for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Definitely. Indefinitely is, is the term to use, yes. And and so the fact that, like you said, we got three of the four majors in. We got to see Tiger play, which which you and me both love in particular. A lot of great storylines. Saw a lot of great young guys. I think um, Bryson has kind of stolen the show this year. That's He's kind of the, the figure mark of the, the year. And I think what he's done this year will, will have a Tiger-esque effect going on to the future. I don't think it's something that we'll see next year per se, but I think maybe even quicker than Tiger just because of the um, how technology is now and how hard individuals work and how athletic these uh, kids are now growing up. I think in about 10 years, you're going to see a completely different, um, not necessarily game of golf overall, but definitely the PGA Tour is going to look different now. I think your uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick's guys that rely on skill, they're going to be few and far between in, in about 10 years or so. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys just out there hitting bombs. So anyway, it was a great 2020. So we had kind of a fun idea for the last show of 2020. Uh, before the break, we're going to break down 2020. Everything that happened, we're going to give our top five uh, things that took place in the game of golf before the break. And then after the break, we're going to forecast. We're going to look ahead to 2021. We are sitting here today, Taylor, one week away from the start of the PGA Tour season. Uh, it's the awesome. calendar season. I, I'm, I'm already trying to plan up my one and done. I'm trying to, you oh know, fig, I mean, we got Century coming up next week. I can't decide um, whether to use a big name or use some little guys. Well, the thing is, we'll obviously have a preview show before the tournament, but that's a horses for courses type of place. Oh, and yeah. usually the horses are big names. So you yes. do, you want, do you run out of big uh -huh. name to try to get some early money or do you save them down the road? It's uh, because if you use a big name and they don't win, kind of kicking yourself in the ass a little bit so it's um and for it being so early in the year man it, it uh, it's a questionable call but that's what makes it that's what makes these one and done leagues so much fun and stuff like that yeah absolutely and you know you look ahead i know we're kind of getting on the the road of the century here but this year obviously because we missed three months worth of tournaments it's not just winners 
Everyone who qualified for the tour championship is in. Also, guys who won in the fall are in. So, you know, some of those guys who qualify for the tour championship, first-timers don't typically play as well at Kapalua. It's usually guys who have been around the track a few times. There's going to be a lot of first-timers down there this year. Uh, and a lot of guys who, you know, won maybe one tournament or haven't won any tournaments yet but are still in the Century Tournament of Champions because of the way things broke down. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But why don't we go ahead and dive in to our top five things each, and I'm sure there will be some overlap here because, you know, there were some big things that happened in the game of golf. Uh, and let's just break it down. Let's start at five, and we'll just work our way from five to one. Uh, and I can start in 2020, number five to me, and we briefly touched on this at the top. Uh, I, I just simply wrote, overcoming the pandemic. Absolutely. I, I really think the handling of the pandemic was so brilliant by the PGA Tour, by the Masters, by the USGA, by everybody, to, to be able to get so many events in. And when it was all new, they took time away, they learned about it, they figured it out, they got a game plan together, they implemented it, and it worked. So I think, I think the tour, I think the governing bodies of the game of golf deserve a ton of credit. I also think the players, the caddies, the media, the people who are out there on the course in and out each and every day deserve a ton of credit for the personal responsibility that they all showed because, I mean, all things considered, yeah, a few guys got COVID throughout the year and there were some, some caddies and stuff, but it was a, a small number. So not only to the, the governing bodies of golf, but also to the players, caddies, media, everyone involved, the personal responsibility everyone showed, uh, that's that's on my list at number five is just the way the game of golf handled and overcame the pandemic. You know, and, and for me, when I, when I was going down my list, Colby, it's because you look at it from a couple of different perspectives. Do you look at it from just a golf viewership and loving the game perspective, or do you look at it from the moral high ground and what is best for society look? And if you look at it from the latter, there's, there's no way that that can't be number one on the list, in my opinion, because the safety of everyone was press, was over the top, in my opinion, in the way the tour handled it with the testing, with the um, social distancing, like you said. Um, so it's hard for me not to put that up there, but I'm going to try to put the COVID stuff aside. But for number five, I, I, what, what I mean by that is I'll put the COVID, um, you know, how they handled it aside. But going back to that, I'll go back to the things that the tour did while we were off of COVID, which I thought was a good storyline for my number five. So that would be the um, the Seminole match with with uh, Rory, DJ, and not the, not the same teams. It was Rory, DJ. You're talking and, about the Taylor made driving Yeah, yeah it, it was... It, it was, was Ricky and Wolf. Ricky right? and Wolf, and then... It Rory was, and DJ. Oh, they were on the same team, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Man, it's just hard for me to imagine both of them on the same team because it just sounds so stacked. <laughs> so it was like... It's, well, but they, it, it was. And well, the, I mean, they wanted a playoff, so I guess it wasn't that stacked. I know. It, it, it skins game and all that. but And um, and then you had the uh, Barkley... Or not Barkley. That was a little after. You had Peyton Manning, Tiger versus Phil and uh, Tom Brady for the second match. And so I thought those were two really great things that the game of golf did, not only to peak golf viewers' interest, interest for for the time when we didn't have much sports on I mean not just didn't have golf at all but all sports in general which is what allowed you know even football fans to watch because or even just regular sports fans because everyone knows who Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are and then for us golf fans to be able to see Seminole which is of course for me I've been wanting to to see my whole my entire life you hear nothing but legends kind of like the story of Atlantis for golfers you know you just want to get out there and see and it's so isolated not very many people get out there so I, I'll kind of go with that for my number five 
have Colby since I think I think you have to kind of separate the two between what was best for viewership and best for for morality and um, I think the way the tour handled everything is is number one without question but for my number five I'll go with the the way cool unique ways that the tour brought golf to us during COVID and not only brought us golf but also where was able to raise a lot of money to help with the COVID relief which is just fantastic yeah and that is a perfect segue into what is number four on my list it's very much along those same lines uh number four on my list i had the Payne's valley cup i I thought it was an an absolute home run knocked out of the park the Payne's valley cup part of the reason is we're just a short few hours away i love seeing the course because i plan on playing that course you know hopefully this summer i'm able to get up and go play uh valley but i thought that the way they did that they got big names in the game of golf down there with tiger jt rory uh and justin rose and you know those guys played they had fun they were mic'd up it was just a fun event. The course was phenomenal. They had the legends out there. Jack and Gary were there and hit into the 19th hole. They had Payne Valley Sun there, hit some shots. And it, just the whole thing was perfect, especially when they did it. It, it was just perfect, and I love that they did it, uh, and it was executed to perfection. It was just on TV again the other day as they're looking for kind of some reruns and stuff to air right now. So Payne's Valley Cup falls at number four on my list. Yeah, absolutely, and I think even I, – this wasn't as successful as the Payne's Valley Cup, but I think you could throw the Phil Barkley and the uh, Steph Payton match in there as well, kind of along those lines. Like I said, I don't think that one was as good as the – Payne's Valley Cup, but it, but I do uh, do believe that that both of those things were fun. And so going down to my next man, uh, excuse me, my next storyline, Colby. I think I think Corey Morikawa at the PGA Championship would rank on my list for. I mean, we all can remember the shot he hit on sixteen, but the way he was able to finish out that tournament, and you know, I. I think I think the PJ Championship in general is kind of a grand scope because not only Morikawa won, but also when we remember DJ had the fifty four hole lead there, Colby, and that that kind of whenever he blew that lead was when he was able to start this run, which led to him winning the FedEx Cup and then proceeded to get the green jacket put onto him by Tiger himself and in, uh, in November. So I think PJ Championship was kind of a staple tournament this year because it was the first major back from the COVID relief um, or the COVID break that played what two months I believe up until that point and um that was that was a really great moment to get major championship golf back i think we all needed it we both kind of talked it felt it didn't feel as weird as like the u.s open did in timing just because the pj championship usually was held in august and then we had one year of it in may when it was supposed to always be in may and now it got pushed back to august for this one year so um so that was kind of a little bit of interesting factor but i think i think that was a, a big tournament to show to not only propel DJ to get to where he needed to be for the rest of this year and all of his success, but also to show the world how great of a golfer Colin Morikawa is and how big of a future I think he has, just because of how pure his ball striking is and how, whenever we talk about the analytics, how important iron play is for success on the tour. And so I think that would rank up there as one of the most impactful events or weeks of the golf season. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. Uh, That's going to make an appearance on my list as well, but it's not there yet. At number three... This was very recent. It's the first time we've been on air, uh, or we've recorded a podcast since it happened. I thought that 
the father-son tournament this year with Charlie and Tiger playing alongside Justin and Mike that first day. I thought it was such a cool event, and it was so it was so different to see Tiger alongside Charlie just as a proud dad instead of as Tiger Woods. You know, it's Tiger Woods. It's this monumental figure. He shows up at all this events, and, and it's like this towering presence. And it wasn't that. It was a it was a father and a son who were having fun playing golf. You know, Charlie hit some great shots. Tiger hit a few great shots. They made a few putts. They didn't win, but it, it was just fun. It was a blast. And it was you know I'm looking at uh, an event that no one has really ever paid any attention to before, and now it, it was dominating headlines. Not even just in the game of golf, but uh, I mean, on sports stations, people were talking about, you know, Charlie and Ty- Tiger going out and playing. And, and so that to me falls in on my list, N- not because I-, I watched it and thought, Oh, Charlie's going to win 10 majors. Th- that's, that's not what made it special. What made it special was seeing Tiger and Charlie in that setting as a father and son, having fun playing golf. It, it takes us all back to when we were kids playing golf with our dads and, and how much fun Absolutely. that is and how special it is. So I thought, seeing that and having that tournament amplified because Tiger and Charlie were in the field was was really great for the game of golf because I think fathers and sons all over watched that and thought, man, that is so cool. So, so cool. So that comes in at number three for me. I completely agree with, with you, Colby. I think that, um, you know, I, I actually played golf with my dad this last week, and he, he talked about how, how watching Charlie play actually wanted him, made him want to play, which is kind of funny, <laughs> watching an 11-year-old play, making you want to go out. But, you know, you know us two, we're watching both... Charlie play made me want to quit the game. I'll never be able to swing like that. I mean, I mean that, kid, that kid's got a little bit of swag to him, doesn't he? And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, for both of us who are still lucky enough to still have the opportunity to golf with, with our fathers, you know, anyone out there, Make sure you get that opportunity because you never know when you won't get to do it again. And I think I thought it was really cool on that first day when when Charlie hit that really good approach shot on three or four or whatever hole oh, the par yeah. five was and hit it up there and and you know, make around the trees. Yeah, and and then he made the putt. I haven't seen Tiger smile like that since he um, holled out on eighteen and that the twenty nineteen yeah at, at twenty nineteen match. That's yeah. the biggest I've seen him smile since then. He he didn't smile that big when he won the Zozo and which I mean it was crazy to see the amount of excitement that it was that a proud had. dad moment. It, it really was. And that and that's really great to see. I, I love what you said. I I didn't throw that in my top five just because I felt like it was a little bit of a recency bias thing. So I didn't. And it's you know it's could be you know. So that's that's just me. T- Tiger does come in on my list, but number three for me, Colby, is the continued struggles of Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler. I mean these are these are two guys who. I mean, upwards of three to four years ago, everyone thought was going to be top 10 players in the world for numerous decades to come and essentially be like Phil and Tiger were obviously not to the extent of, I mean, people were comparing Spieth to Tiger. And that's that's one of the reasons why you and me kind of got on the Spieth hate train so much. It wasn't really necessarily what he did. He, he went to Texas, which obviously um, you being OSU fan, me being OU fan makes us uh, dislike him. But the fact that anytime he turned on the golf channel, I heard a Tiger comparison, anytime he won a tournament and it just... It made my blood boil and skin cringe. And then, obviously, with with us being around here, me being an OU fan, hear a lot of Ricky talk. And, you know, you'd hear the talk, you'd hear the talk, and he would win every other year, and it wouldn't be a big tournament. And you're like, okay, well, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And here we are at the end of 2020, Colby. And I looked earlier, I saw Ricky was, I believe, 53rd in the rankings, and Jordan was 77 or something Uh, along those lines. Ricky's 53. I don't think Jordan's inside the top 80. He is not. He is at 82. One one spot behind our good friend, friend of the show, Taylor Good. Well, he, he is behind. 
behind our man Taylor. And I remember uh, when Taylor was on our podcast and said that, you know, he hopes that, you know, his bad golf can be what Spieth's bad golf was whenever he's top fit. And Taylor's well on his way to being way ahead of, of Spieth. And so that is just purely fan, fantastic for Taylor on that aspect. But, but Colby, I really think you had both of those world rankings. What'd you say? 82 and 53. So we're at 134, yeah. uh, no, 135. 135. They combined for 135. In what reality would you have thought three years ago that that would have been the case? Yeah, just it, no way. There, no th- way. There's no chance. And so, and so for me, I think, I think their continuous struggles and, and how they go into 2021 and see if either one of them can rebound and maybe, maybe get a win under their belt and propel them. Um, I think it'd be interesting to see, but, but I think those are two guys that who Colby, who, who made an impact on 2020, but not in a positive way. Yeah, I think you're right. And that, you know, after the break, we're going to talk about guys who need to get their games back in 2021. And I would imagine that those guys will be making an appearance. So, um, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. Uh, Number two on my list as we're working our way through uh, the top moments, the top storylines in 2020 in the game of golf. For me, it's the young guns who all came out at the same time. It's Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf. Uh, I looked up just now the world rankings of all three of these guys at the end of the 2019 season. So this will give you some perspective on how good they all were. Now, the world ranking system, it's a two-year point system. So obviously, these guys come in. They don't have a lot of points, so their rankings are low. But but still, guys don't just burst onto the scene like these guys do, uh, like these guys did this year. So Morikawa at the end of 2019 was 65th in the world. Hovland was 93rd, and Wolf was 117th. These guys now sit Colin Morikawa at 7th in the world, Victor Hovland at 14th, and Matthew Wolf at 15th. I mean, all three of these guys. And are what, now, what did that add up to compared to our Spieth and Rory comparison? Oh, uh, gosh, yeah. I, 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 I mean, not Spieth and Rory, Spieth, Spieth and Ricky, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, 36. The three yeah. of these guys have a 36 combined world Compared ranking. to one, th- uh, 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 basically 100 more than, than those two players. That, yeah. that, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, the young guns were unbelievable this year. All three come out in the same class. We're like, oh, which one's going to be better? Comparing, contrasting, all this and all that. Uh, and obviously, Colin Morikawa took the big lead with the major championship this year. And, and you know, that was the highlight of the season for any of the young guys his tee shot on 16 was if you were going to pinpoint one individual golf shot that was the shot of the year it was that tee shot by Morikawa on the 16th at TBC Harding Park but especially just, when you include the the magnitude of the impact of oh, yeah. you know, being the 70th hole of the championship and he was tied not, standing on the tee box yeah, Paul not even necessarily just you know the best quality shot best hit but whenever you talk about the moment and when it was struck I couldn't agree more that it was the best shot of the year yeah and and so just for me the young guns come in at number two on my list because I I I knew all these guys were going to be good, and I expected them to have good seasons. I did not expect to be sitting here on the last day of the year with all three of those guys inside the top 15 in the world rankings. Right, exactly. And I I, I really couldn't agree with you more. I, I thought maybe more Cowell would have been up there, maybe even Hovland. I didn't think Wolf would, be, had, would have had a good a year as he did. I thought he was someone who might have fallen back a little bit. I've, I really like Hovland. I think he's just going to continue to have success. I, I'm I'm not surprised by more. I'm, I'm I'm surprised by all three of their success so rapidly. I think Morikawa we've talked about has the most longevity um, possibility. But I mean, all these guys coming out when they did and having the success they did is truly fantastic. And you know, Colby, for my number two storyline, um, I kind of I kind of wanted to put DJ in there, but I fit him into my my PGA with Morikawa because I think that's what led to DJ getting to where he needed to be. That was kind of his motivation, kind of kick kicking the ass, and you know. It, 
he would be my number one storyline just because of it anyway. Um, but there's obviously someone who stole the show for 2020, so he won't be. But but it's got to be Tiger, and I'm going to go with Tiger just because we're we're another year down of him. We we got to 15 in 2019. We went through 2020. We we only had three opportunities at a major instead of four because the British Open uh, wanted their insurance money, and so they um, had to um, postpone or I'm sorry, they had to cancel their tournament. And so we we saw Tiger changing putters. We saw Tiger changing putter grips um, not the style that he gripped it but the actual grip the actual, ma- grip. The actual grip material and so um, you saw Tiger and we saw his ball striking dip off really really steeply this year compared to what he's used to which is kind of what's been the catalyst for his game and so I, I, for me Colby T- Tiger would always be the number one storyline for me just because of it being me being such a big fan of his but it, it's it just stinks because you know it's at the deep of our hearts you know we, we talked about before you know you you and correct me if I'm wrong on you you don't think there's a chance that he can get to 19 or if you do you see it very very small possibility uh, no I don't think he can get to 19 and and, and for me that, that that's what hurts and I thought you know maybe if we get one in 2020 but that puts us to 16 then we need three more by the time he'll be 45 he turned 45 yesterday that's right he has happy the same birthday, birthday as my dad yeah, happy birthday Tiger Woods happy birthday Randy Williams happy birthday LeBron James too. all three share the same birthday three so, and they all three say uh, share the same athletic ability yeah Three legends. I mean, <laughs> they absolute, are three legends. There's absolute no goats. There are no, they are three ghosts. There's no doubt about that. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah. For me, Kobe, that 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 definitely is the uh, the storyline for me. And uh, or or when we look at Tiger, and just because 19 se- seems so much further away than ever, especially because his his ball striking has has gone down, like we mentioned. And and if when we can't trust Tiger to make that 15 footer on the last hole to win by one shot or to make a playoff, it's that's when it's kind of iffy. And unfortunately, I. Feel feel like we're close to that point yeah I, I feel like we're to the point now with tiger where um we more often than not expect those putts not to go in and which is sad it is it really is and y- you know i hope 83 is on the way i really do uh interesting side note you know the world golf hall of fame uh changed the age restriction to get into the world golf hall of fame this past year from 50 to 45 so as of yesterday tiger woods is eligible to become a world golf hall of fame member i don't know taylor you think he gets in boy i mean if let's just put it this way who if there is anyone who does not vote that we're gonna hunt him down and we won't personally harm him but we will make sure that he gets plenty of banter and knows how big of a freaking idiot he or she is whoever who one voted. person who votes against him and they're like well he was cussing i didn't like his attitude on the course there's gonna be one person and it's it just it, it would be purely ridiculous he is and, and Derek and, jeter wasn't unanimous Derek jeter didn't get all the votes and it's and that's what that's what hurts colby be about 19 so much is because you know, we're always going to have the debate. If even if he got to eighteen, we could say that, oh well, he did it so many, so much longer in different ways than Jack did be better. But if he doesn't get to Jack, then some, then you can always have hold that over his head, which, which sucks because there's there's no doubt that Tiger's the best golfer of all time, and that's and and as a huge Tiger fan of mine, that that's what hurts the most, and that's what I've took out of this year for Tiger, but. We do have Tiger's reincarnation of Charlie on the way, so we just have to wait patiently. Help is on the way. Reinforcements are coming. Yeah. Just hold out until we get there. Yeah. Uh, all right, number one for me is uh, the dominant performances by some of the best players in the game at the majors, and that's Bryson DeChambeau and Dustin Johnson. The U.S. Open and the Masters were absolute clinics in how to dominate golf tournaments. I mean, Bryson did something that 
you know, really has only been done zero, maybe one other time in the history of the game of golf. He brought Wingfoot to its knees. He beat Wingfoot. And he took a strategy that no one thought could be done at, at, at any PGA Tour on, on course. Tuesday really. that week, people were laughing at him when he said he was going to bomb it all week. That, they thought he didn't have a chance. There was more people probably betting on him to miss the cut than they were for him to win the tournament. And he won by six shots. Yeah, won by six shots. Absolutely dominated. The round he played on Sunday, the back nine he played on Sunday. It was... And, and it Some of those drives he hits was, and, was, and was just just a driver. I mean, the touch with his wedges was better than it usually is. Um, you know, the putting was phenomenal inside 10 feet. It just felt like everything was going in. It was an absolute clinic. And then DJ goes to Augusta in November on a soft golf course and just rewrites the record book at Augusta national. Um, now, you know, the, the conversation is out there to be had, you know, do you grade on a, on, on a curve because it was a softer golf course in easier conditions? Maybe you do a little bit, but he still went out in a field that was playing in the same conditions, one by five, finished the tournament at 20 under, and to, to cap off the season that he had this fall, let me see. I had it pulled up earlier. The, the finishes that he had to close out the season were... Oh, and now I can't well, find let's it. See, well, let's see. Well, you know, he, he won, won the green jacket, won the tour championship, and, and, and people will throw out the bullshit. Oh, well, he didn't win the stroke play portion of the tour championship. He only won because he had the multiple shot. Well, he would have played totally different if had he not had the the uh, the multiple stroke lead coming down the stretch. He wouldn't have been aiming at the middle of the green and laying up on certain holes. So I, I really dislike when I hear that argument. But he won, but he lost to uh, John Rahm uh, in the playoff. I know that. Then he won another event before then, Colby. Uh, it looks like he got pulled I've, up now. I've got his final set. Seven finishes of the year in front of me, and this this is silly. I mean, this is silly. His final seven finishes of the year, and keep in mind these are playoff events and major championships. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, you, you could probably pull it up if you wanted to. Want to dive into it? But the strength of field in these events is just going to be astronomical. Oh yeah, through the roof. T two, one, two, T three, T six, T two, one. Also, and- his two wins, by the way, there were by 11 shots in Boston. Largest margin of victory we've seen since 2006 when Phil won by 13. And the Masters, where he finished at 20 under and won by five. So that's that's and, number one for me, and, is the big guns going out and dominating fields at the U.S. Open and Masters. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kobe got it right there. Um, that T6 was at the U.S. Open, and didn't he shoot like five or six over in the first round? Yeah. Essentially yeah shot himself, I think he shot like three over in the first round. Essentially shot himself yeah. almost out of the tournament, or he was over really early and then played really good on the next three days. So really only one bad round of golf led to a T6 finish, which was his one only finish. One bad round of golf in his last seven events. Yeah. That's 28 rounds, and he had one bad one. It, it's just ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. And so kind of along the same storylines, Colby, I, not necessarily DJ, but just not even just the U.S. Open in general, but what Bryson did after after the COVID quarantine, I mean, was just was just astronomical. What what he's what he's shown to the game, and for me, reading um, reading up on the analytics a little bit more in depth, and just trying to dive into how some of these guys are able to transcend their game, and for him to. For him to be able to gain the amount of distance he did while not subtracting accuracy is is just substantial. And if he's able to just have weeks where he can hit 360-yard carry drives and they're even remotely in play... He's going to have to have horrible wedge distance control like he did at Augusta for him to not to have a chance to win the tournament. And that's why I believe it's it's like the Tiger effect back in 2000. You didn't see in 2001 all these guys come out big old bulked up or 2002 these guys weren't changing. It took multiple years to see the transition. We got more technology now um, with a, where how people are able to register their bodies. So I think it'll be quicker than the essentially 15-year process we saw with Tiger. So I think five to ten years down the road, Colby, 
PGA Tour, European Tour, uh, Corn Ferry Tour, as it's called now, all all competitive, major competitive golf, you're going to see different looking guys out there. Yeah, yeah, there. There will still be your players like the Matthew Fitzpatrick's who rely on skill and your Zach Johnson's guys who hit it straight all the time and, and just make a lot of putts. But they're going to be so few and far between because there's going to be so many athletic guys who could just bomb it and they just gain so many more strokes on these people who don't because if, if you're only going to hit it 280 off the tee box, you have to hit the fairway every single time if you want to have any chance to beat Bryson. Any chance. If, if, if he's on, obviously. I mean, we saw uh, Barnhart beat him at, at Augusta, so there are always exceptions if you have off weeks. But he, he literally showing a way to transcend the game. And I think for me that it's not it, not even just the biggest storyline of the year, but he has shown that he is going to be the biggest game changer for golf since Tiger, and I think that that's pretty crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Monumental what he was doing this year, really changing the game of golf. And it'll be uh, curious to see what guys look like. And even if they don't look like they're – blown up like balloons like Bryson, I think the chase for distance is going to be what we see in the game of golf. You know, Cameron Champ can hit it a mile, and he's not blown up like a balloon like Bryson, but he is a big, strong, athletic guy, and uh, I think we'll see more of that moving forward. So 2020, great year for the game of golf. A lot of great things happen. 2021 is just loaded. I mean, there's going to be almost too much golf to even take it all in, in the year of 2021. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to leave 2020 in the rear view, and we're going to look ahead to 2021. We're going to forecast the majors, talk about players who need to get their games back, talk about Taylor Gooch, friend of the show, how he's going to wind up in 2021, and a lot of good stuff still coming. So make sure you stay with us right here on the 73rd hole. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole with our final show of 2020. Colby Powell and Taylor Williams with you. Find us online, the73rdhole.com. Social media as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Search 73rd hole to make sure that you get the uh, immediate release of every podcast that we put out. Really looking forward to golf returning next week. It's been a grinding three-week offseason for the PGA Tour. It's just been a really tough three weeks without PGA Tour golf. And the thing is... We've been without golf, and we've still had good golf. We had the QBE. We had the U.S. Women's Open, which I thought was really entertaining. We had the PNC Father-Son. So we've had good golf even without the uh, PGA Tour events. But next week, we'll have our preview for the Century Tournament of Champions down at Kapalua, which, like we talked about earlier, a lot of big decisions to be made. First week of the one and done. JT plays well out there. DJ, obviously, is historically great out there in Hawaii. A lot of big decisions to be it, made it, early it, in the season. It is. Do, do, you, do you save your guys or do you run them out? Do you risk it? Because if you if you start out with 1.3 mil or how much ever the, the winner gets, or I think it's 1.6 actually, um, how much ever it is, I mean, that's a hell of a start. 
and that's where you want to be. But if you use that, that big name and they get eighth or tenth, it's, it, it's hard to cringe. So a lot of decisions to be made, like you said, Colby. But I couldn't be more excited for 2021. I think it's going to be a great year, and hopefully we just don't have any more th- three-month layoffs or however long it was back from uh, March till we got golf back. So yeah. as long as we don't have that, we're going to have a really good 2021, especially with all the events that we're supposed to have, Ryder Cup, USO, um, Ryder Cup and the Olympics. And but, the U.S. Open, too. Oh, oh we will have the U.S. Open, obviously. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the, the events we didn't have last year that are going to be played this year, I think it's just going to make for a terrific season. Yeah, and phenomenal golf courses for the majors this year. And let's just go ahead and start there. Let's start with the majors, because one thing, I texted you on Tuesday, and I said, why don't we forecast the majors for 2021? Chances are, these are going to be wrong, but it's still going to be fun. We can look at the courses, the majors. Who, who's got a chance uh, to peak at the right time and win them this year? So the four majors in order with the courses, and I'm saying in order because it's fluctuated a bit over the past couple of seasons. We'll have the Masters in April like we usually do, PGA moving back to the spot that it's supposed to be in now in late May. We'll have the U.S. Open in June, and then the Open Championship across the pond in July for the first time in two years. Shane Lowry uh, got to be the Open Champion for two years. So good for Shane Lowry. So, Taylor, I'll let you kick us off. We just had a Masters last month. Now, tomorrow's next year. We're only four months away from another Masters. Um, Give me a winner. Give give me a 2021 Masters winner. Only four months away. That that just sounds crazy. And for, uh, you know, four months, to try to predict a Masters champion this or any of these majors is so funny. And um, that's why it's fun. It it makes it exciting. It's a great way to spend New Year's Eve. And so, you know, for me, Kobe, I mean, you just see a guy win by five shots on the course. So it's, yeah, you might see a little back to back. You might see uh, Chairman Ridley putting the jacket on DJ. That might happen in two decades. It it hasn't. It would be the first. um, If I I'm gonna go with if I'm gonna go with someone, Colby. I'm gonna go. Hmm, man, this is tough. I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm going with JT. I think JT gets it done. Uh, I see you shaking your head. What, I mean, what, why, I, why are you shaking your head? I mean, I, I'm not coming up with these off the top of my head. I've got them all typed in to a document here. I'm pretty much coming with them. I, I mean, I've got them kind of figured out. I'm debating between, I mean, because, I mean, we got all these great players and who to pick. So I'm just kind of going, I was about to say DJ, then I almost said Bryson, but Bryson hasn't played enough at Augusta with his new strategy to figure it out. Old Langer beat his ass, so I'm not going with him. So <laughs> I, I just kind of uh, winnowing down Rory's always going for the grand slam there. So I tried picking him here this last time. He obviously showed that all he can do is play like shit on Thursday and Friday. Friday and backdoor something, so it's hard for me to pick Rory at that tournament. Um, so I, I'm, I'm throwing them out. Kepka could have another injury, so I, that's another thing. So I'm, I'm going, with, I'm going with JT. And with you shaking your head, I'm assuming you got the same. But I want to hear your logic. My, uh, my sheet here it says Masters dash. JT. It's exactly what it says. Here's my logic. Uh, we're going to get to the PGA Championship in a moment, which is being played at Kiowa. So I had to ask myself: Do I think Dustin Johnson's going to win three straight majors? No, I don't. Mm. Dustin Johnson's won two in his career. When he's at his peak, he's nearly unbeatable. But he, he just he doesn't get to that peak all that often. We've seen it a few times, and it's awesome when he gets there. But, you know, now this long layover, and then you have the Masters, and then PGA, you get the full season going. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to pick him at the PGA, I can't pick him at the Masters, too, because that's three in a row. I'm like, who else? So I went back and looked at the leaderboard from this year. There were some guys up there who I think benefited from the softer course. But then there were some guys up there who I'm like, you know, 
here's a guy in Justin Thomas who steadily every year is increasing his finishing position at the Masters. I also think it's been a couple years since he won a major. I think he is so, so hungry. I think JT is one of the hungriest guys on tour right now to get another one. Uh, and I think that he'll get it done at Augusta. So uh, I'll move on to the PGA at Kiowa because I kind of gave away my selection there. Yes, this, you did. This is a home game for DJ. This is a home game for DJ, South Carolina. This is what he does. DJ's going to win the PGA at Kiowa. I don't even know what odds I could get him at right now, but probably 8-1. to It would probably be a good bet because he might even be lower odds the week of. So, uh, yeah, I'm running out DJ at, at the PGA at Kiowa. I like it. I like it. I mean, I, I mean, he's number one player in the world by a substantial amount right now. It's hard to not think that he would win. And so, you know, I'll be interested with Kobe. I don't want to give you any spoilers, but you don't have any two-time. You don't. Th- do you think anyone wins two majors this next year? I do not have anybody on here twice. What, what, what do you think the possibilities are that one of these guys does get two, ma- two majors? If somebody's going to win two, it's going to be DJ. I, I think don't so? think anybody else is consistently great enough you don't think to Bryson win two can do in it? a season. No, I don't think Bryson could do it. I don't think he's consistently great enough. I, well, I, I will say this. I think that of, of the courses that the venues are at, I think that Kiowa, because I, I think Bryson will win a major this next year just because I think he, he, he will click on all cylinders at one of the four. And so I look at it, and so his style of golf, how is he able to do his math calculations playing Lynx golf? I, I don't like his chances there. I have, a, I have a guy who I really like at the U.S. Open at Torrey who I'm picking, and so I don't think that he would win there. I'm not going to give it away. So I'm going to say, I'm going to pick Bryson at the PGA. I think that he... Um, I don't I guess, know why, but I feel like we're picking the same guy at the U.S. Open, too. Anyway, um, go ahead and finish uh, with, uh, your, oh, with no. your PGA reason. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I just, like I said, I think Bryson, one of the four weeks, will have it clicking. I don't think he's played Augusta enough to have it figured out exactly, because like when, like we did with our uh, post game, our post uh, post tournament show with Craig Humphreys, we went into very in depth about how how much of a horses for courses type places, how you have to know how to miss in certain places, and you really don't know that unless you experience it. And so, you know, Bryson can look at it all he wants, but until he plays it multiple times with his new philosophy, it's hard because he's also hitting shots that people hadn't hit from since they moved all the Tiger tees back. And so he's he's playing from areas that he can't even get any any research on and what other players do. So if I had to pick one for him to win it would be the pga so that's the one i'm going with yeah i like it let's uh all right snake draft give me your give me your u.s open winner u.s open winner he's has he won a major for you will this be his first this would be his first oh god it's the same guy bless it's california guy isn't it no california kid Mm -mm. no 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 california it's a different guy he is a foreigner foreigner john rome Oh, nice. John I Rock, like it. Uh, he, he's got it. He's number two player in the world. Has to get it done at some point. I mean, he's won at Tory. Won at Tory. Finished second, third last year. I mean, I was, but right before the COVID, I was plays well. I just think that he's. And you would think, too, the U.S. Open with Rom's temper, that's not really what really would suit his game. But I think Torrey is just a course that he's very familiar with. And it's a um, with how long it plays out there to play over, over 7,600 yards at sea level. So his uh, great driving is something that will benefit him there. And so I, I, I think Rom's got to come through at some point. So I think he's my guy. I'm really interested in your pick now, Colby. If it's going to be his first time winning there and a California kid, I'm, I'm interested. Who are you going with? It, it better not be freaking Ricky. No, it's not Ricky. Hey, what in the world? It's a young man who grew up just miles away, just miles away from Torrey Pines, who's due to win a major, who plays U.S. Opens very well, a consistent golfer. 
It's Xander Shoffley. Okay. Xander Shoffley, first-time winner, baby. I like that. I like that, yeah. You know what's funny about Shoffley? He's such a great player. But he just doesn't seem to get talked about with the, with these in the same group with these other guys a lot, and so he kind of gets fiddled in. You know He's what can change that? A major championship. Go out and win a U.S. Open at Dory. So I, th- I think that's interesting. Those are uh, wouldn't you say those are are those the two best players right now without a major? Yes, have to oh, be. Oh yes. And I mean, who, who's the, the next, off who's the next best? Sure. Cantlay probably. Uh, I mean, Rom's two. Just going world ra- world ranking wise, next in line would be Cantlay. Yeah. Behind that would be Hatton. Guys who don't have majors. Um, and then after that, you get to like Berger, Hovland, Wolf. So, I mean, yes. I think a real young guy. Well, besides Berger, but yeah. Hovland. Without you know, a doubt, Rom and Shoffley are two best players currently. Yeah, so, so so we got the two guys who, who would do it. So what, uh, I, I guess, if, what would you, I know you picked Shoffley and I picked Rom here. What do you think the chances are of one of them winning a major next year? And what do you think the chances are of both of them winning a major next year? Man, ju- just because guys who have won previously are still so dominant. I mean, DJ, JT, Bryson, you know, we haven't picked Rory, but but still Rory uh, is out there. I would not there. be picking Rory. No, no. Guys who, guys who are really good in major championships, I think it'll be tough for both of those guys to get their first major in the same season. Yeah. So I, I think it's more likely that one of them wins one than it is. But, but if you were asking me, are one of them going to win either Rom or Shoffle a major this year? So we get two, two guys, four tournaments, so basically eight tries. I would say yes. I think one of those two guys wins a major this I year. I agree. So, and obviously we've both picked them, so um, pretty much aligned with our thoughts there. So the, the last tournament of the year, and I really, really wavered on what to do here because it's the Open Champion, Open Championship. It's Royal St. George's. Royal St. George's, uh, you know, the last few winners before we came on the air, I was testing your trivia. Taylor knew all these off the top of my head. I did not. I had to look them up. Royal St. George's, the last time it was played was Darren Clark. Back in 2003 was Ben Curtis. Ten years before that was Greg Norman. So not a, a real great uh, indication of, of what kind of player can win at this course. I, I kind of went with a guy who I'm almost certain that you won't have here, a guy that we talked about a few weeks ago who plays across the pond a lot. He's comfortable over there. He's had some good finishes, finished top ten uh, at the Open last year when Shane Lowry won. Uh, might not be a popular pick, but I'm running out Patrick Reed. As the I, winner, th- I thought Royal about St. him, I really did. Year. I mean, he 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 plays o- across the pond more than any other American. He likes it over there. He, uh, y- you know, the fans over there are so brilliant and civilized, and whatever they want to call themselves. He probably doesn't have to deal with near as much heckling and stuff that he does in other parts. I think, uh, yeah, I think Patrick Reed would be my pick this far out, obviously. And the thing about the British Open, too, Cole, we know you can... I mean, you can, Go weather draw. I, I, exactly. I mean, you half the field could be eliminated based on where they got put in a tee time. And so that that's what make, that, that, that makes it by far the hardest tournament to pick. Um, you do you do have your guys who, who traditionally play well there. Um, you know, I'm someone... I, I feel... I, I've thrown out um, Rom be a first-time winner, and so I don't know if we'll have two of them. But if I had to pick right now, Colby... I think I'm going with Cantley. Really? Okay. I, okay. I, I just think that he's. So we're both v- picking Patrick to win. Pa- pa- yeah. The so open. there will be a Patrick who wins the. Um, might be Patrick Patrick Rogers. So we're, we're just throwing all the Patricks out there. Patrick Starr even has a chance to win. And so, um, but no, I, I think that uh, the British Open is really just people who can manage their game well and can manage temper, which is one of the things that I think. Even though Rom grew up in something like that, he can get flustered by super bad breaks. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I didn't think he would have a chance to win. Um, some other guys I even thought about, Colby, um, guys who hadn't won majors, I think Hatton would have a good chance to win. Um, if Fleetwood gets the right end of the draw and draws all the right sticks, he could have a chance to finally break through. 
Um, and really, Colby, here's another. This is a guy I just want your opinion on because it seemed like two years ago we were just waiting for him to get the major, and neither one of us, I don't think, even considered picking him. What about Hideki? What about Hideki? No, uh, no, not on my radar to win a major. Not, uh, no, he, 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 can't, he can't putt. There's, there's no. He, he just even how good his ball striking is. He can't make the putts he needs to make down the stretch to to get over the hump and win those tournaments. Seems like he's just been a top twenty five machine, but he hasn't been in contention in any of these tournaments. And yeah, I so, mean, could he get a top five or a top ten in a major this year? Sure. In two majors, sure. Is he going to win a major this year? I would be shocked if Hideki won a major this year. And. I almost hate to even say that he's the 20th ranked player in the world. You shouldn't be shocked if the 20th ranked player in the world wins a major, but I would be if he did because he he just I, – I don't know. I don't have the analytics in front of me, but just watching him, it feels like the putting's gotten even worse. I, th- I think Kiowa would be – I think Kia would be by far his best chance if he was going to win. Augusta. And then a tw- I don't, I just, I, the I think greens are so difficult, but he's played there now. He's getting getting more used to it. Yeah, it is. And and, and the thing about Augusta, it's a draw. And Hideki is more of a fade player, so he doesn't really like. It. I mean, it's I, I wouldn't pick him at Augusta for sure. Um, he's oh, just, I'm not picking him anywhere. It's just he's a guy who who gets a lot of talk because something people don't think about is that he would be the first major champion from Japan and. They, they've mentioned it before how, like we talk about how you win a major, you know, you get over $2 million essentially before taxes, but the amount of marketing and um, fame that being the first major in Japan would bring Hideki is, they said upwards of multiple, triple, nine figures worth of millions of dollars. He would be a national hero, more so than he already is. He, he would be... A, a literal national hero. Yeah, he he would he would grow he would help grow Japan golf so much if he won, and just from all that, like you said, the marketing they'd be able to do, and how, so for him, winning a major doesn't even just consist of winning you know um, two million dollars and getting a major championship. It's it's creating a legacy for your country, and then creating a hundred times worth winning that major championship money wise. So that's something that I think is holding Hideki back besides that flat stick, obviously, which good Lord, man, watching him put is switch to the claw Hideki, please. He's got to do something. Switch to the claw, switch to the arm lock. Uh, uh, you know, one whatever I, you need to do, do one, it. One thing I found interesting is that I, I may be wrong. I don't think I've ever seen him putt without a blade putter, though. I no, think, I don't I, think I ever have either. I, I would like to see him maybe try to experiment with some sort of – get him a Charles Swartzel putter or a Quade Cummings putter. Get him one of those ugly sons of bucks. Just do something different. Yeah. Obviously, what you're doing is not working, so what, what's the risk? I, I mean, I I mean do you think you're going to become a bad putter if you switch? Well, you're going to be a bad putter if you don't. Because you already are. Yeah. We, I mean, we've got the, the data in front of us. We, we've got evidence. We don't yeah. have to guess. We've got evidence. He's a bad putter. Yeah. Fix it. Do something. Switch. Switch it up. Do something different. All right. Good stuff. That's fun. Uh, some notable omissions from our major championship picks this year. Neither of us picked Rory or Brooks to win a major. I know it. No, lo- no love? Did you did you consider those guys strongly anywhere? Because I'll tell you the one place um, I considered Brooks strongly was at Torrey. But I decided to go with Xander for his first major win. I, I, I thought about Rory, but I don't think that he was really in strong consideration for me anywhere. What about you with those two? I, I, I just, Rory, he's been, um, I mean, he hasn't won since 2014. We're, we're on six years now of him. Um, we're approaching this seventh. Well, he won the end of 2014. So yeah, this would be right. basically the sixth well, year. And, um, and even that's major championship. Major championship. He hasn't won a tournament worldwide in over a calendar year now. Yeah. And what was it? The RBC Canadian Open was that his last win? Yeah, I think it was. And that would have been, uh, that was the week before the, uh, 
one of the majors or a world golf championship. Never, nevertheless, um, now, now I, I have to see a little bit more something from Rory. His his Sunday woes are definitely something that 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 worry me because and Thursday woes at majors. Sunday was Thursday was at majors. Yeah, especially Augusta. Especially and, Augusta. And so I um now I, I I just have to trust Roy. Roy's one of my favorite golfers, and so but uh, there's a reason I didn't pick Brooks, and we're, we got a little segment coming up later on, and so you might might understand why I didn't pick Brooks. It's not necessarily I don't think that he has a chance to play well. It's just kind of an an off the wall pick that I think that will will spark a good little bit of debate between us. Okay, yeah, I'm there. I'm good with that. I'm good with all that. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the four majors in uh, in 2021. So let's move on here a little bit, get away from the majors. Let's talk about the guys who aren't playing very good golf. I want you to give me one name. You have to pick one, and then we can talk about some other guys. But if you had to pick one guy that you really want to see him get his game back in 2021, who would it be? If not I'm- Tiger. Because no, Tiger's not, obviously not Tiger. We all want to so see is Tiger this, win. is this what we're doing? Is this the top 30 outside the world nope, pick? Nope, this uh, is no, just, this is just, just who we one want. Guy. One guy, I mean, it could be it could be Smiley Kaufman. It could be Ricky. It could be Jordan. It could be Phil. I mean, it could be someone who, you know, was at a high point of the game, has lost their game, and you want to see them get it back. You know, I, I'm scrolling through the real golf rankings here, and someone who's a little bit lower down. Um, I'm not, not not sure what his highest world ranking of, of all time was, but um, but because I watched him play in college at um, when they played regionals at OU, and I love his golf swing. You actually wrote in one of your um, segments when you were writing for FromTheBackTees.com. Oh, he was one of your pretty say. swings. I'd like to see Thomas Peters have a yeah. good season. I, I really like his swing, his game, what he brings to the table. So I think he would be a guy who I don't necessarily think he'll have a great year but if you're looking for rooting interest besides um besides uh, tiger obviously he, he would be someone who i'd be looking at currently ranked 84th in the world is thomas peters um i'm trying to see if there's a way i can click here and see what his highest ever ranking is um because i know that he got up there can, a decent little ways did he play in a Ryder cup a few years back he did because yeah because uh, remember rory rory came out and said he knew who his partner is going to be for the next few next decade or whatever and yeah. peters didn't even make the next damn Ryder cup yeah. team 23 best official world golf ranking position was 23rd in the world uh and back in and 2017 he finished the season ranked 36th in the world so Thomas Peters, that's a good one. That, yeah. That's kind of a little more off the beaten path than some of the guys. He'll, I was, he'll be I was 29 thinking. January 27th, so still yeah. fairly young. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, and, and this one's probably pretty obvious to people that listen to the show, I want to see Ricky get his game back. I think he's a fun player. Uh, I think that obviously uh, the marketing and everything that he does, it, it's that article we were reading a few weeks ago. On Sunday afternoons, Ricky's always on your TV, and it's always during the commercial breaks. Ricky's got to get back to being on TV on Sundays uh, when we're not on commercial. There's no doubt. And I, I'm scrolling through here, Colby. I actually found someone who I, I want to tie with Peters on on finding their Ooh, game back. Okay. And that's Jason Day. I really want to see Day get nice. I really want to see Day get his game. I, w- I want to see a healthy Day. We, we saw him at, uh, for a few tournaments there where he was in uh, top five, top tens, playing really good golf. But I want to see that golf that he had at, the 20, at Whistling Straits in 2015. I, I want to see that Jason Day who at, at one point was undoubtedly number one golfer in the world. I want to see him get back up into at least a, a consistent top 10 or 15 player in the world, which he definitely has the talent to be. So I'll, I'll have a T1 there just because I scrolled through and I missed Day, and I'm a big Jason Day fan. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. And I'll say if I had to pick a second guy, somebody to come in at number two, uh, and this is probably isn't somebody that you'll expect, but it's somebody that I, I really like, and maybe it's because I watched him win his only major championship in person. I'd like to see Gary Woodland get his game back. 
Gary Woodland didn't have a very good year. He was up to number 12 in the world at one point. And um, now he's 39th. Yeah, he was up to number 12 in the world after he won the U.S. Open last year, and he's just had a steady decline and just hasn't done a lot. Uh, I mean, his last several events, miscut, miscut, WD, 72nd, miscut, 33rd, miscut, 58th, 57th, miscut, you, you know. He yeah, just hasn't played very good golf. Lately. And the thing about uh, Woodland too is, you know, he has that great, great relationship with the um, aut- little autistic girl. Yeah, I forget the her name. Woman who always shows up every year in Phoenix is a pretty good golfer. Oh yeah, she she parted the 16th hole when they got were up out down, there. Got a Sandy, Sandy yeah. save. Oh yeah, it's just incredible story. And then and we we talk about Tiger when he was so happy with Charlie Woodland had a very similar smile when when the young girl made the putt. And so I think that's truly fantastic the, re- the relationship they've been able to continue. So yeah, I, I love that. And that's that, those are a lot a lot of, I think a lot of good guys that we pick there guys are you know nice kind-hearted people is is kind of the route that we went down or or guys that we've we have a little bit of personal interest in like you said i watched peters play at regionals and you watched um woodland play when you were out at pebble yeah yeah. So, so a little bit of a personal connection there and two guys that we would like to see. And, and these are guys we're talking about get their game back because, you know, someone like friend of the show, Taylor Gooch, is 81 in the world, but he's not really getting his game back. He's, oh, yeah. he's just progressing. Is yeah, what I mean, he's we'd been. love to see him get a couple wins this year and uh, really launch himself on onto the center stage of golf, but that's not a guy looking to get his game back. He is. He never he hadn't lost it. Right, he hadn't lost it. He's, he's as high in the world as he's been. I mean, 80th technically was his highest official world golf ranking, but that's just he bounced from 80 to 81 when he didn't play several weeks ago. Um so let, let's do this. So I've got two things I want to do. We're going to do a current player who's ranked in the top 15 in the official world golf rankings who will finish the season outside the top 30. And then after we do that, we'll do current player outside the top 30 who will finish the season inside the top 15. We saw some big movers this last season, notably the young guys, Morikawa, Wolf, Hovland, those three coming from all at least outside the top 60 in the world to top 15. So this year, let's start with the other. A current guy who's in the top 15 in the OWGR. So like last year, this guy would have been Woodland. Dropped outside the top 30s, 39th now. So who's the guy who had a good year, got himself inside the top 15, who will not have a good 2021 and will fall outside the top 30? Give me yours. Well, you know, Colby, it's uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, I, there, there's a couple obvious guys here. The 13, 14, the 15th are Berger, Hovland, and Wolf. Or, you know, two of those are young guys who who could obviously have a little bit of off-year um, Berger who came on the scene. But th- this is what I was mentioning earlier when when I was going to say we spark an interesting debate. I'm going with Kepka. Oh, I thought of it. I didn't go with Kepka, but I really thought about it because he doesn't play very much golf. Here's a few things. One, he doesn't play much golf, like you mentioned. Two is that he only plays well in the majors. Uh, Three is that he's been injured recently, so he could obviously have a stretch where he doesn't play golf. Four, he doesn't he doesn't play. Like, I, I might have already said this already. He doesn't play well besides the majors. And and um, the more important one is that this next year, that 2018 year that he had, or 20 whenever it was when he won all of his oh, majors, all the points come off. They're coming off. So yeah. so I think that's a big thing. So I think if Kepka doesn't have a rebound year and maybe play good in some off major tournaments or play good in some WDC events, I think he he's a, he has a chance to do it if if. If I had, I would probably pick one of those other guys. I'd probably, I don't want to go with the 15th ranked guy, Wolf, just because, you know, that's kind of a, a cop-out way. So I'm, I wanted to go with the guy who was up there, who's a, a well-known name, who I think could fall down. Someone who I think could have 
uh, and an off year. I don't think they could possibly fall outside the top 30, but I think we'll not have good a year as they did last year's Webb Simpson. He had a really good year who is a great player, but right now currently number six in the world. He was mega hot with the putter. I, I, I do not see him being I do not I do not think Webb Simpson will be top ten in the world, maybe even top fifteen at the end of at the end of twenty twenty one. So yeah. I think he's another guy who's up there who I think would have have a, a better chance to regress than some of these other guys. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. I, I thought about going with Kepka. I really did. I, uh, you know, he fell, he was number one in the world at the end of 2019, fell to 12. And like you said, a lot of those points for 2018 are going to come off. So I think that that is the good pick just because all those points he had in 2018, but I'm not going to go that same route. Um, I'm actually going to go with a guy who currently sits number 10 in the world rankings because I just, I, I don't think that we always know what to expect from him on a day in day out basis. And uh, that's Tyrrell Hatton. And I like Tyrrell Hatton. You know, he's a, an absolute blast to watch. I think that he's good for the game of golf because he's so fiery, and that makes it fun. That being said, again, I just don't think that you always know what you're getting day in and day out. So I think it's possible that he could just kind of lose his head and have a bad year. So, again, we're having to pick good golfers who are playing well, who are going to have bad years and go in the wrong direction. Um, so under those pretenses, I think I would probably go with Hatton. I, I think the, the reasons I'll go against Hatton there are, one is that he won the BMW PJ Championship this last year, so he he'll did. still have those points on. And the other fact is, he while he is a little bit of a hit-or-miss guy, he is, he is a top 25, top 10 guy a lot of times, and he plays a lot. So I think that's something yeah. that's going to help keep his world ranking up. So, and But also, I'm a Hatton fan, so because right. I, I, I like his banter whenever he hits a real shitty right. shot. Kepka's probably the prudent play, though, because of, of the points that'll come off. He'll have to do some things to keep himself high. In the well, he's going to have to just show up for a non-major event, which right. he doesn't know how to do, apparently. Yeah. I mean, he did it the week before the Masters at Houston with a couple low mid-60s on the weekend. Because uh, well, he, he hadn't played good golf in 10 months because right. he had been hurt. So he was trying to prep for a major yep. is, is why he did that. So, uh, yeah, I think that that is a really good one. So let's do the opposite now. Give me your player outside the top 30 who will finish the season the 2020 season calendar year ranked inside the top 15. Inside the top 15, man, it's it. it, it this is a tough one, Colby. It really is. I got a couple guys it's I a like. Big jump. Um, one guy at um, you you it, once again, I'm not taking the cheap option. A guy at 31, Scotty Scheffler, I think has a decent chance. A young guy um, to move on up, but a guy who's a little bit lower. He's currently 45th in the world golf oh rank. Oh my god! Dude, no, no, no. Are you serious? Yes, I'm picking Neiman. That's who I was gonna pick. <laughs> Bastard. Neiman's gonna have a good year. He's he, going to he, Neiman's going to win in 2021. I mean, his last few finishes this year: 23rd, 44, 17, 16, 13, 23rd, 28, T3. I mean, he's just he's been on good form, and he's a young kid, and he's at that stage where his his back's not going to give out yet because once he turns 30 with that swing that he has, he ain't going to have God, a, a spine some, anymore. He puts some freaking torque on it, doesn't he? I mean, it, it makes my back hurt just watching it. Um, just so, talking about it, I'm, right, I'm, so, I'm going to stand up and stretch. All right, here, Colby. Since you went, I'll, I'll let you have. I'll let you have. Um, I can't believe we pick the same guy because top 15 we've really only got five guys to choose from because you know some of those guys are going to stay up there but outside the top 30 i mean we've got 60 guys we could choose from and we both landed on joaquin neiman and you know what um you know what kobe i'm going with since you went with neiman i'll go with another guy um guy who i've liked all year actually has won recently twice won the south africa open and the afro afro dunhill championship guy we've talked about all year give me christian zane 
Oh, you, you're a big Bazaytenhu guy. I, th- I think because kind of like Hatton, he plays a lot. So I think he'll have opportunity to – obviously, um, you get averaged out. So if you play 100 events, you don't just accumulate those points total. Right. You know, so, I mean, if you have multiple shitty finishes, you're not going to be – But you reward. have a better chance to win if you play more. I, I, the more darts you have to throw at the board, the better chance you have to hit the bullseye. Yeah, you know, so – Exactly. So, I mean, I think I think he's a guy who, since we both decided to go with Neiman, who – you know, it, like I said, I mean, there's all kinds of different guys you, you could list here. I mean, as someone outside of the top 35, uh, outside of top thirty, big name Justin Rose. He could get his game back very easily. Yeah, be a top fifteen player. Could. He could be a guy. Um, I just, I just don't see it coming. Um, and mentioned Jason Day. He has a chance. Um, Bubba Watson. If he, if he just plays courses that he likes, he could be a top fifteen player in the world. But he decides to play uh, courses that he doesn't like, and then cries like a baby, and right. then can't make the cut. So uh, a guy who was really popular all fall in daily fantasy sports, Russell Henley. I mean, real good, good ball striker. Yeah, good, yeah, he'd, good. he'd have to get hot with the putter. Yeah. I mean, he'd have hey, to he's really a really good putter. It. He's a really good putter. He's he's got he he's improving. His. He's a good, I wouldn't say he's a really good putter. I say he's a good putter. Oh, let's pull up the stats, Colby. Let's pull up. Let's pull up the uh, the strokes gain statistics. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Colby. I'm telling you, Colby. Russell Henley's a good putter. I mean, I believe you, and you and you you study the strokes gained much more than I do. Um, so you're you're probably right, but I want to look here. And see where Russell Henley's at. Let's let's do a little uh, Command F, a little search here for Henley. Okay, oh, last year he was horrible, 138th. Okay, maybe I'm wrong, Colby. Yeah, he was 70th in 2018. He was 23rd back in 2017. So his ball striking has gotten better, but his putting has gotten worse. Yes, putting. Uh, that's what I was thinking. I think he used to be a better putter, and then he started hitting the ball yeah, better. Yeah, in, and in 2015 worse. he was eighth. Yeah, and he was one hundred fifty. It was one hundred fiftieth in strokes gained um, approach to green, and then like for example, twenty eighteen, <laughs> he was twenty sixth in strokes gained approach to green and seventieth on the greens yeah. last year. Twenty twenty, Colby third in approach to green and one hundred thirty eight. So yeah, you, you're exactly right. His game has completely flip flopped. You do not see that happen and, very and, often. Well, but but it's not that shocking because think about your own golf game. People at home, you me. Whenever I go out and play, if, if I putt poorly, you know what I do? I go grind on the putting green, and I really try to dial my putting in, and that's my focus. And then I start putting better. Well, now I didn't go over to the short game course and hit any wedges last week. Well, now my wedge play falls off my yep. next couple rounds. So what happens is one week I'll hit the ball great and I'll shoot 76. And the next week I'll, I'll hit it great and putt poorly and shoot 76. The next week I'll hit it poorly and putt great and I'll shoot 76. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is you're, you're talking about on a week to week basis. This is a count. Cal- this is yeah, calendar you know, you're year. Right. You're you know right. I mean? This is a this big is a season. Yeah. And to go from, he was 150th to third. And then he went from eighth in putting to 130th or whatever it was. So literally flip flopped his game, which is like I said, it doesn't happen very. I've, I've hardly ever see that happen. So you're exactly right. Yeah, if he can start getting that putting figured out. But one thing I think is interesting about that Colby is that normally you think that guys who are good putters, they you play the the same courses more often, so you know the greens better. So you wouldn't think that your putting would get unless you're not practicing like you said you would think in theory that you would be able to putt better the more experience you got on the tour and so it's very interesting that someone who was a really good putter turned into such a complete shit putter really is what yeah. i mean that's i mean if you're 150th on tour that's bottom you know 75 percentile or whatever bottom 50 however you yeah. phrase it and so yeah. that's that's not very good at all so yeah so uh so one, one more thing well a couple more things and then we'll get out of here we'll call it a year um, Taylor Gooch, friend of the show, had a great season this last year. I mean, he has steadily moved his way up uh, the official world golf rankings. And I thought I had his pulled up up here somewhere, but I might have done away with it. Anyway, he is currently 81st in the official world golf ranking, uh, and that is up from 208th at the end of 2019, up from 337th after 20. 20- 
18. So he's steadily improving his game. So let's just throw a couple guesses out. Where will uh, the local kid, Oklahoma State product, Taylor Gooch, where will he wind up in the official world golf rankings at the end of the season? Man, it's um, I, I, it's, I think it's going to be higher than 81. I know that because, I mean, he would you, you say he was 200 and what before the season uh, started? 200 and, I've still got it pulled up here. He was 208th prior 208th to the start of last in the world season. and got up to 81st. So we're over 100 spots up in the world golf ranking. I mean, By the way, top five in two of his last four starts. Fourth at Houston and fifth at the CJ Cup. And so, I mean, you, you scroll down here and you, you look at Taylor, you see he has a couple of off weeks here or there, which, I mean, any good player does. But I think what really helped him out, like you said, the, the top five finishes, but also being able to get in some of those final groups on the weekend. I think that was something that the experience, the, the experience you can't you can't teach that to someone. You can't hand someone a book and say, this is how you handle this. You know, you have to be in the moment it and go through different. it. Your hands feel different. Your shoulders feel different. You walk different. It feels different. It's a, it's, it's a different mentality. It's a different game. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different pressure. And so the more opportunities you get into that position, the better chance you have to come out on top. And so I think that, you know, it, it's all different for each person. You know, how many times do you have to be in that situation before, you know, you finally get through, you know, break the barrier. And then, you know, for some people, once the barrier breaks and all of a sudden they win four or five times, and then, you, but we also see the examples of the guys who win once and then fall off the planet. Um, I think Taylor's too hard of a worker to be like that if he does win. I think he, he's so hungry that if he wins, he's going to want more. Um, so I hope, I just hope that, I mean, we've seen it before, like um, with Padraig Harrington, you know, you, you win two majors and all of a sudden you want to win eight majors so you change your swing entirely <laughs> and then what you know you then the next thing you're known for is being a Ryder Cup captain so yeah. I well, um, to me what he's known for is just being the worst fist pumper in the history of golf but it, <laughs> but but in reality because it's so bad isn't it good no no <laughs> no it's not it's not it's terrible the only reason it's good is because and and I know a little bit of a rabbit hole here I know you don't like Sergio very much Sergio deserved to win a major Sergio's he, fine he deserved to win that 2000 eight um pj championship he didn't um so it the fact that he able to get a green jacket makes that fist pump a little bit better had yeah. sergio still not won a major i would hate that fist pump yeah. more than ever. i i don't look like sergio's not one of my favorite guys but i was really happy when he won his masters i was he, he, he needed one he deserved one and he got one so uh, i was really happy with that so let's throw out our guesses for taylor gooch and uh, again these are totally random guesses as to where he'll finish the year i don't think he's going to make some like gigantic leap up to 17th in the world from 81 that's really tough to do. But I think if he can just continue on the gradual progression that we've seen from his career, that he could work his way up to being a, a top 20, top 30 player a couple years from now, two, three, four years down the road. But it's a gradual progression. So I think he continues to just play good, solid golf. And and my guess, I've got it written down here, I think he finishes the season ranked 54th in the world. That, very solid guess there. I, th I think with Taylor, I think – the, you know, the main thing is that he has to, or for, for any golfer really, is just make sure that, you know, you, you have to have the patience, you know, because he was in those final groups, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to win the next tournament you go out and play. And so for him, I think his next step for transition besides winning that tournament is eliminating those off tournaments that he has, you know, eliminating those miscuts, get, become a guy who, you know, we, you know, the stereotypical like Matt Kuchar, Steve Strigger, it, uh, Taylor Gooch doesn't have a game anywhere close to them because he, he's very athletic 
Kubiak and all that, but be one of those guys who's a consistent weekend player, who we are literally just draw drops if he misses the cut. And I think that with how good of an iron player he is, I mean, that's what we saw with Morikawa. He played how many ever events didn't miss a cut? Man, he's backpacking it with his iron play. And so Taylor has that ability. And so if he's if he's able to do his, um, um, you know, be able to transcend that and eliminate some of the negatives that he has on his game, I think he has a great chance. I think the main goal for Taylor this year, the two things would be to get his first win and to get to the Tour Championship. I think those those should be, if, if I was sitting those down with big Taylor. time goals. Those are, those are. And yeah. I, I'm definitely not, definitely big time goals, but definitely achievable for someone of his talent level. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, mean, we, I mean, he made the um, um, what BMW, whatever it's called, um, the top seventy yes, but right before. Yes. So he was he was one tournament away from making the Tour Championship. So it's not like we're talking someone who was outside the top one twenty five going to the Tour Championship. And, and really, if he achieves the first one that you said there, getting his first win on the PGA Tour, obviously we saw a lot this past season with guys like you know Lanto Griffin, some guys like that, Sebastian who, Munoz, who, Sebastian Munoz, who got that first win. That propels you a lot of times to the tour championship because you get so many points for that. So those are great goals. Uh, I hope he accomplishes every bit of that. Uh, I, I think. But, but, from, oh, sorry, sorry, I don't no, want to interrupt you. But also, but like Steve Ball said, you know, you look at the results afterwards, but you can't think about it in the moment. If he can just go out there, use his ability, hit a shot at a time, I think the universe and the the golf gods will take care of it, of, of itself for him. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And uh, just one last question, and the answer for me is pretty obvious. I think your answer is going to be the same thing. The number one thing you want to see in golf in 2021, and for me, it's number 83, whether it comes in a major or a regular tour event. And, and if I were to even extrapolate that a little bit further, um, and, and I want to be very clear and preface this by saying, I don't want them bringing people back to these venues until it is safe to do so. 100%. But I really want Tiger to get number 83 with people there, with fans, because the, the history behind him knocking the putt in on the 72nd hole in playoff or whenever it happens to get to 83, that history deserves a reaction from fans, a standing ovation, uh, you, you know, some tears, a, a lot of good things. So make sure it's safe. I really hope he gets it with people there. Well, just think about it, Kobe. When he won the 2018 Tour Championship, I'll, I'll never forget the the football field, the OU size stadium worth of people following behind the ropes, and him and Rory are having to walk through like a tunnel of it's people. One of the greatest scenes we've ever seen in golf. It, well, absolutely. And how much less dramatic and cool would that have been with no people there? Oh, it would have. I mean, it would be great. Obviously, we'd remember it. It'd be historic. But it wouldn't have that same like whenever I when that comes on Golf Channel, I turn it on to rewatch it. I mean, I start getting chills as soon as I do hit, too. As soon as he hits that shot on eighteen and starts walking up there, I start getting chills because I know what talking about it right now. I'm getting chills because just like you said, the horde of people, the wave, the ocean of people that engulfed them. It was unbelievable. And, and the way the announcers, Johnny Miller, was and they, that, that were reacting to it, that's what really made it. And they showed the big overhead shot. People are stretching back from basically 50 yards out from the green and back to the pond on the par yeah. five, which is like 200 yards out. I mean, it's just <laughs> full of people, astronomical. So I agree with you there. At number one thing, it has to be safe. And we've both admittedly on the show, Kobe, we, we don't think golf tournaments need fans overall. I mean, we saw that they could have, have success without they them. They can but do it, it without fans. They can do without fans. But, but it's, it's it's not necessarily the it's the best thing to go right not the best way but it's absolutely. better with fans yes absolutely yeah. and it's as long as we eliminate the jackasses that yell mashed potatoes and stuff like that Bubba yeah yeah exactly well that's I'm, another thing i could see go if we're yeah. saying what do we want to see go in 2021 it'd be when the fans come back 
Let's be a little more civilized. Stop yeah. making ass out of yourself all the time. Uh, let's let's treat every tournament like it's Augusta. You don't see that at Augusta. No, you don't see that at Augusta. Hey, treat, Except uh, Phoenix. Go absolutely yeah, nuts yeah, you in can, Phoenix. You have one hole that's the 16th at Phoenix to yeah. act like a jackass. So and, do and, it, and if you're that type of golf fan, if you want to go drink and yell, go to Phoenix. Go Phoenix. Go to Phoenix. Absolutely. Don't go to, don't go to Riviera. Don't go, yeah. to, don't go to Kiowa for the PGA and do all this stuff. Go to Phoenix. Yeah. I know, I completely agree. Yeah, def- definitely. The the every golf fan needs to be a patron. That's the best way to. By fa- the way, Phoenix gets played in February, and there ain't no way they're going to be able to pack those stands in February. Oh, no chance. That's going to be a brutal tournament to watch with no fans. That tournament, the, the the lack of fans there will be as noticeable and as significant as any other tournament, including the majors, because that's what makes that tournament. It's the party tournament, and you won't be able to have a party this year. So, uh, Well, I figured that, that'll, that'll you know, if they're not going to have people there, they're not going to – they probably won't even put up the stands. So it, that, that 16th hole is going to look entirely different. It's been that stadium hole for over five years now, and even normally you can't see on that hole because the people are, are surrounding it so much. So that that's definitely something to notice, Kobe. I hadn't even thought about. Um, you know, since obviously Tiger's the biggest thing I'm going to look for, here's – kind of going along the lines of this is what I want. It's kind of a want and don't want to see at the same time because it depends on how you phrase it. I do not want to have a 2021 season where all we hear about is how distance is killing the game of golf because I feel like that that's what we're going to get into because we've already we've already kind of got there. Um, hopefully, Bernhard Langer beating Bryson at the Masters has showed people that that's not all you need to do and that dialing the golf ball back isn't that the answer to all of our damn problems. But I just really want people to look at it and realize that the game is changing not because of equipment but because these people are these guys are athletes and yes. that they're strong and that they're. I mean, yeah. it's just like anything. If you're a, if you're stronger at something, you're going to hit the ball further. It's simple, it, it, well, and we have technology to show to optimize everything. Yeah. It's it's just a different game and people have to realize that and so if you want to bitch about if you want to bitch about scores uh, make the greens as like i like i told you colby make the greens a five on the stint meter and see how what the scores are for tournaments right you know i mean they're, they're, they'll get higher so don't don't say that distance is the only problem narrow the fairways lengthen the rough do something i just don't want to have a 2021 year where all we hear about is how bryson and these bo- these big hitters are ruining golf because matthew fitzpatrick and his skill are needed for the game to be successful yeah bryson DeChambeau did not go buy a new drive and a new box of a dozen balls and add 20 to 40 yards. Bryson DeChambeau dedicated his life, his life every day, seven days a week, day in and day out, his routine. He sacrificed basically having a real life to gain the amount of distance that he did and, and still be as accurate as he was. He dedicated his life to it. He didn't go buy a new driver and a new sleeve of balls and start hitting it 40 yards further. I mean, it was a year Six months to a year of just day in, day out grinding. And I think that's what gets lost in the DeChambeau conversation. 100%. I think everybody makes it about the game getting away from the manufacturers and the courses and the game of golf. And nobody talks about enough about how hard he had to work. And, and that's why, and I don't want to get on my soapbox here. It's not like I have some soft spot for Bryson. He's a jackass sometimes. He's fun to watch, whatever. Unfortunately, most of the time on the course, he yeah, is. Just, just take him for what he is. But I respect the hell out of somebody who knows what they want to do and is willing to put in an amount of work that pretty much nobody else is willing to put in. I respect the hell out of that. And despite the critics, too. And despite the critics. And to go against what people are saying, oh, you'll never win at Wingfoot using this strategy. Oh, you went out one by six shots and collected a $2.2 million check and the trophy, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, that's really what I want to see in 20. Besides 83, like you said, Colby. But more in particular, I would refer it to be number 16. Or 17, 18. And technically, we could get to 19 this year. Uh, We could. We could get to 19 this year. 
That would be uh, that'd be a little crazy. <laughs> if, what, I don't. Th- what, what are we gonna do if Tiger gets to nineteen this year? It won't uh, happen. So we can say something. All right, we can say something. I, I will build my own rocket ship and fly to Jupiter. Pretty much. How, how about this? If Tiger gets to nineteen this year, you and I will go on a road trip to Jupiter, and we will eat at Tiger Woods's restaurant in Jupiter. We will try to somehow get on medalist. And we will basically have a Tiger Woods week in Jupiter, Florida, and we will try to um, somehow meet Tiger Woods. I, I think road trip I, to Jupiter if he gets to nineteen. I, I think that's the only way to handle it. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way to do it. And maybe we can get around him with Charlie in as well. Oh, that'd be a blast, wouldn't it? Wouldn't yeah, it? Not when he beats our ass. I mean, me and you head to head against Tiger and Charlie. Little, little two man action. <laughs> Best ball combined score <laughs> or uh, scramble. Neither modified alternate shot. None of the above. Never mind. This was a bad. Charlie, idea. you're going. You're playing from the tips. You pussy. Yeah, oh, he's playing the tees. The rest of us are playing. Don't you think I'm letting Charlie play from 140 yards? Well, we, we might need to let you play up too. So maybe you and Charlie can play. Maybe the, me and Charlie the, can play the same tees. You can play That's the children. Brilliant. You and t- you all can play the children's tees and, and Tiger play the tiger tees. I'll play somewhere in between y'all. How about that? No, you play the tiger tees with Tiger. Well, see, I me would. And Charlie and, play the Charlie tees. Oh, what if? Okay, uh, sure. Why not? Uh, well, uh, yeah, we still lose. We still get. Yeah, I mean, this hypothetical scenario. Why not just adjust the tees? I, I, I love it. I, I, even I say Tiger plays from nine thousand yards, and we play from nine thousand five hundred yards, just to make it interesting. Just to make it interesting. Sounds like a plan. Everybody, thanks for supporting the podcast and listening all year. It's been a blast. Glad we decided to do this. Thanks to all of our great guests who came on and got us through the pandemic. Don't don't know how we would have gotten through three months without golf without all of our great guests so uh, i know i'm gonna leave some out but taylor gooch taylor moore uh steve ball reen gibson mike mcgraw um, Craig, uh, Craig scott Humphreys, Tway. mike mcgraw scott Tway, jim woodward um yeah uh mal baker, mal um, baker yep. kelsey Cousin klein i mean I, sam Humphreys, sam Humphreys, and, and again i feel like i'm forgetting some i should have had a list where. in front of me but all of our great guests our great sponsor uh mccray roofing call mccray roofing they're the absolute best jeff mccray who owns it unbelievable guy um so give them a call it's been a great 2020 uh for the 73rd hole despite everything that's going on so thank you to to everyone who supported us thanks to everyone there's no doubt about it without without you guys and your love and all the positive feedback that we've gotten to i think i think it's been special for both of us knowing that that you know our love for golf has been transcended onto other people you know we're able to portray that through our voices which which is something very very it means something a lot to me and that's something that that is unquestionable you and me we both love the game probably more than anything besides our family. And um, so I'm, I am very, I'm not only am I ecstatic about how this last year went, especially because we had three months off of golf, but I know 2021 is going to be even a bigger and better year for the 73rd hole. And yeah. so it's, it's going to be exciting times and I cannot wait for this yeah. next upcoming year. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. One thing I'm personally looking forward to, I've got a, a couple very small tears in my rotator cuff. I have not played golf in two months and I've got the itch so bad and I still can't play. And, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to play again. It's kind of open-ended. Oh, my. Dude, I am so ready to get on the golf course. That's probably why you haven't been able to sleep is you're having withdrawal effects. Yeah, it's withdrawals. It is. Shaking at night. You know, kind of. Yeah. The, the you, you're wanting the putt. You, you, you're, oh, you're like, oh, I want to go. I want to play so bad. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So anyway, great stuff. Everybody uh, have a happy and safe New Year's Eve and, and a wonderful new year. We wish everyone health safety and prosperity in 2021 so thanks again from the 73rd hole happy new year happy new year